Broadcasting from the News Radio 102.9 KARN Radio Center and Studio 1B, it is Guatney Unplugged with Scott Romine. Hey, Scott Romine here. Hope you're having a great Saturday. I've got a sinus infection today, so just bear with me. I, if I don't sound right, then, then that's what it is. We're going to talk with musician and comedian from up in Piggott, Arkansas, Kristen Tough Scott. How are you, Kristen? Oh, I'm wonderful. Glad it's, to be here. Hey, glad, glad to talk to you. Well, could, you are all over Facebook and YouTube and all these kind of things. A lot of my friends, we all follow what you do. Tell me about growing up in Piggott, Arkansas. Well, pretty much growing, in, growing up in Piggott, you either got to be good or good at it. <laughs> no in between. What is that, about three, 4,000 people somewhere in there? A little over 3,000 people, yeah. I got to ask you, because uh, I always hear this about with small towns and stuff. Was it a big deal coming to Little Rock? Um, It was a big deal going anywhere that had anything. We only had uh, two fast food places, and that was it. And that was it? Well, I, yeah. I follow you, and I've seen where you said you worked at Hibbit Sports before. I think, well, that must be a fairly developed town. They got them a Hibbit Sports. No, that was during – I went to college down at A-State. Okay. So I worked uh, at Hibbit's and uh, Best Buy, actually. Really? Well, I was going through college. That's kind of two of my favorite stores. Are You probably sold a bunch of Air Jordans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you name it, I've sold it. So when you lived in Piggott, I guess going to a big town was what, going to Memphis or going to Jonesboro or St. Louis uh, or something? We went, like Memphis, Memphis mainly until they got that, until Jonesboro got the mall. And then that was a pretty big deal. And then, yeah. I forgot about Jonesboro has a mall. That's right. Yeah. Huh. So you come from a, a family of farmers. Did you kind of grow up doing doing that farming stuff? Um. Yes and no. Uh. So my parents were divorced, so I got to do the cool farming stuff when I was with my dad. And when I was with my mom, I just, you know, I don't know. She was a teacher, so I just kind of did whatever we needed to do. But, I mean, I've always had an interest in that. Um, I have a, a farm now, but not in the crop sense just some horses some chickens and a couple dogs did you ever end up going to school where your mom was a teacher that would be tough no luckily enough i did not it did not to, work out I went, like to, that. I went to pig it and she taught other places i gotcha uh so you grow up family of farmers and whatnot where's the nickname tough come from well i got that when i started getting on crazy horses Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So, if you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. <laughs> so, when you start getting on horses, I guess you eventually go into, like, competitive rodeo things? Um, I did for a while. I did um, a couple outlaw circuits, and then um, mainly I just do it for me. So, like, if I got, or a friend, you know, if they've got a horse that needs, needs, needs a couple rides on it, needs a tune-up, and they're not ready to... They're not ready for stuff to get Western, or they know it's going to get Western, and uh, they call me, and I'll get on there, and I don't care. Well, when you say get Western, what does that mean exactly? It means they're about 95% sure that horse is going to buck. Oh, I got you. Well, I didn't grow up around any of this stuff, so I, there's a learning curve. Now, when you go doing this competitive rodeo and stuff, is it... You know, uh, male classes and female classes, or is it just anybody wants to do it? 
it depends on it depends on first of all what you're uh you know what you're doing i mean obviously there's guy barrel racers and there's girl barrel racers they race separately um obviously the females are the most ones the ones that you see the most and then of course rough stock being um bulls and bulls and bronx that's a male-dominated sport and then you've got your roping which nice to see a lot of female ropers coming up not just in breakaway or you know calf roping i mean it's even in team roping you've got a lot of women coming up that are and young ladies even that are really nice it's really nice seeing that i bet you beat the pants off of a lot of guys i have i have embarrassed quite a few guys (laughs) but i have also embarrassed myself quite a few times what's it do you remember the first time you got on a bull that sounds very intimidating uh yeah it was during college and um my friend was up at a practice pen and he said uh he said, Case got get on one of them. And I said, I, I don't know. He's like, it's just like, <laughs> it's just like horses. And I said, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I can. And he said, well, just try. He goes, worse to happen, we'll have to go to the hospital. And I was like, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, you know, put all this stuff on me, this, that, and the other thing. And um, I lasted about, I don't even know if I lasted a second before I was off. But the adrenaline of it, I was hooked. Oh my gosh. I can't imagine. That's scary. I'll get in the water with sharks and I'll do all and pick up snakes and all, but I don't want nothing to do with getting on one of those thousand pound bulls or whatever they weigh. They probably weigh more than that. I'm guessing that they do. (laughs) Um, there's a lot more to dealing with horses than people think, I guess to even own one horse is a full-time job. Correct. Like, well, yeah. They all had different needs. Sometimes you end up with horses with different diets. Sometimes you are doctoring one. And, you know, I mean, it's just there's always something with horses. Always. So uh, if you're just joining us, with, we're talking with Kristen Tuffscott. You can look her up on Facebook or YouTube. Very, very popular on social media. I, I understand that your social media stuff kind of took off when you had the flu or was watching somebody's <laughs> horses or something. Can you tell us about that? It did. So I was um, just basically putting, um, I don't like to say breaking horses. I was just kind of, I don't know. I mean, breaks means like you broke them, like something, it means something like spiritual or like their soul. And I don't, I don't like that term, but I was training them. Making them writable, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like just training them to be. To, you know, to be one with a human or like, you know, to like be something with somebody. And so I got the flu. I never had the flu in my entire life, but I had messaged everybody, told them that their horse, you know, this week's feed and everything stall, all that was on me. Their horses would be exercised, but I wouldn't let anybody else ride them. Well, everyone kept texting and calling and texting and calling. And my Facebook was public at the time. It's that way people would see the work I would, was doing with the horses. Sure. And uh, I posted a video, a rant video while I had the flu, and it kind of blew up. And as a joke, I created the fan page, and then it just kind of became my job. <laughs> you know, it's strange how that happened. I, you know, I had one that took off and had a couple million views or something, but I didn't take it like you did, you know, to the next level of keep making these things. But it's the thing that you don't expect to get popular that gets popular. 
Correct. I mean, I wanted to be a doctor. I mean, that's what I went to college for, <laughs> was to be a doctor. Right. I mean, so the thing is, like, when I left, my, my, my family was like, you have lost your mind. Like, you, you need to go to medical school. And I was like, no, I think there's, there's something else out there for me, you know. And they're like, you lost your mind. I was like, okay, well, whatever. So, and I, so anyways, I took off and, uh, I, Facebook was just, it just happened. So I was like, I could make this work. I can make this work, you know? And so I, you know, kept working my crappy job because at that time I didn't have a crappy, I mean, I love my job. It's just, you know, pay ain't great doing sure. that kind of stuff. And so I kept working that job and had it, I don't know had a good time and then that started taking off and i was like hey uh i don't need to work here anymore but i will miss you guys what have you learned kind of a schedule of how many videos you need to release or how often in order to keep building that fan base or keep the views up sometimes for some pages it's about quantity for mine it's about quality people just like seeing what i'm doing wow like well you know like what what tough's into today like because i mean i got people up in like new york like city city new york that like to like you know they'll jump on my lives or my you know my videos and sure. just drive my tractor around or feeding my chickens or cause, you know it's just a different way of life like they can't grab the grasp the concept that i'm in this little bitty town just doing stuff on my mini farm you know when did you first get exposed to music um when i was young honestly um uh, um, I met a guy who had a guitar and I was really interested in it and he was older and he said he could teach me. So he taught me a few chords and from there I went on, taught myself and I'd always sing. So just kind of. So you really didn't have like formal guitar lessons or I guess you've kind of, from what he taught, you've taken it your own. Yeah, he, you know? he taught me two chords and I went from there and learned the rest. I just wanted to play guitar. Who's some of your favorites growing up? Growing up, I like George Jones, um, Jody Messina. I don't know what happened to her. Terry Clark, um, but all the, I mean, all the old ones. George Jones, Hank. I mean, you, you grow up. Waylon Jennings. Waylon, anybody, anybody like that, and I, I love it. But I love Garth and uh, George. Are I mean, you, you can't forget King George. You now. Can't. Are you an Elvis fan? Actually, oddly enough, yeah, my grandmother is obsessed with Elvis. I love her and so already. Is my softball coach. So I have had my fair share of Elvis listening for this lifetime. Well, if you haven't been to Graceland, you've got to check that out. I think you ought to do a show at Graceland one of these days. Could be good. Oh, yeah. It could be good. So uh, you've got over 100 original songs. And it's, yes, it's amazing that I guess your grandpa passes away and you're really close to him, but within 24 hours, you write a song that you perform at his funeral and the thing goes all the way to number 10 on iTunes. You know, you know how unbelievable that is. The song had been sitting around. I mean, I played it and people like to hear it, you know, and everything, but, uh, um, did, did you sign with a new management company and then we decided to record it and then. And now we're recording a whole album. So, and but the, that was an acoustic song. These will all have a band with them and everything. So, got some good stuff coming up. Do you plan to perform live in the future? Like, 
with the singing and, and the whole band and everything? Yes, sir. We're uh, trying to get my albums laid out, trying to figure out where we want to go and make our next strategic move. Tell me a little bit about what your grandpa was like. I mean, he inspires this song, and it seems right. like he must have been a just incredible guy. So he was actually, it was my great grandpa. Okay. And he was, he was just, he came back home after the World War II, started farming, had a, you know, had a family, had nothing, worked hard. And then after he retired, he was like, I think I'll take up carpentry. So he started, you know, that, I mean, he would, but he was never too busy. You know what I mean? We, right. I come from a family on Sunday. We have Sunday dinners, you know? Yeah, I love it. And like with the whole extended family. So like, I don't know, we were just always together and family's always important. And he just was never too busy. Even if he was, you know, excited or working on something in the shop, he was never too busy to show us how to do this. Or he worked real hard teaching his Navy knots and <laughs> this, that, and the other thing. I mean, he even in when we was a little bitty, I can remember him just uh, – giving us nails and a hammer and a nail and a board down. And then, uh, he'd let us drive nails into the board just to, you know what I mean? Just yeah. To oh yeah. Skills out there. And then he'd teach us how to saw, but he just, um, he, he was a smart man as well. And, in, and, you know, a lot of people think, you know, you got to do this, this or this to be smart. He, he was just smart in general mm -hmm. and he was funny, but he didn't, but not in the like, conventional sense of like he's always telling jokes and people are laughing like he was just funny in the way that he you know that, yeah, that he was sure. like he was just like unapologetically himself and i loved that about him well you're and he always pushed like he always pushed us to be better and do better like i wanted to quit school, like quit college right and he said let me tell you something he said there's a lot of ways there's no He's there's nothing wrong with a blue collar life, Kristen. He said, but you're smart. He goes, and you can do this. And he said, let me tell you something. He said, the only thing someone can't take away from you is what you know. He said, so you go back down there to that school and you learn everything you can. And that's when I decided to double major. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. And you got a lot from him. You got the, the humor and, and the wits. I mean. You're very blessed to have somebody like that. Did, were there any pieces of that song before he died? No, sir. Uh, I just asked my grandma for some dates, and it just so happened that I made them all line up and work and fit into the song. It's um, I don't know. It was just a, it was a nice thing. It's right there at the Veterans Cemetery, and they have all the seals. And I just remember... It, it, you know, it, it was a sad day, but I remember it being a, a beautiful thing, you know, because you've got the, the flag flying, you've got the, the Navy, the like the Navy people are there. Sure. And you've got this beautiful American flag draped over a beautiful coffin. And I just remember sitting in front of my grandpa and I wanted to cry, you know, obviously, but I couldn't for some reason. I just didn't like I don't know if it was. I wanted him to. I wanted him to hear the song. I wanted my family to hear the song, and it wasn't because I wanted to show him how good it was or how what it was, but it was because I knew it would mean something to all of us. And you'd never played it before then. No, sir. Wow. I didn't. Uh, I actually performed it with the paper in front, like the writing, the paper in front of me. 
and if I played I, it maybe two or three times at the house and I broke down crying every time. But somehow there that day at that funeral, I got just, just got right through it. That's just awesome. And for people, listen, they can go on iTunes right now and, and look up Grandpa by Kristen Tuff Scott and download it. And you've went to number 10 on iTunes with <laughs> yes, this song. That's, that is just awesome. You know, an Arkansan can do anything. I've always said that. You know, the, the, the Southern folks, and I, of course, I love Arkansas, but we win all the American idols. We, you know, everybody wants to be in a Southerner. I don't know any Southerners that want to be a Yankee. I've just never heard it the other way, <laughs> you know, uh, so proud of you and what you're doing. I got to ask you something personal. Yes, sir. Are you a Ford or a Chevy girl? <laughs> Well, depends. <laughs> now, if you've got a square body, I'm, 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 I like diesel trucks. So you got a square body 7.3, and you put a brand new Duramax in front of me, it's going to be a tough call. I've got a Duramax now, truck and a square body, so you're, okay. you're talking my stuff now. But now if you've got uh, 6.0, it's got to be like a 6.04, got to be completely bulletproofed, everything. You don't want to pull that old plug out and find it all milky. <laughs> in there that's that's a six old person's worst nightmare yeah that's a four i thing. wasn't really big on the six on the six fours so then i switched over to the duramax oh i'm a and duramax I, I guy really like, i really like my i really like my dually oh you've got a dually okay yes sir i gotta be able to pull my hay yeah you got, pull I've, my tractor to different places to you know mow or clean up Make a mess and fix it. <laughs> I understand. So when you, we got a couple of minutes left. When you do your comedy routines, like how long of, of a, a bit or a performance have you developed over, over this time? You know, do you get up and do oh. 15 minutes or an hour or? Oh, no, sir. My first show was at Zany's and I went for an hour and a half, I believe. I oh got my an hour gosh. And a half yeah. That takes a long time to develop something like that. Duh, I had, <laughs> I got told my manager, he told me, he said, you're opening at Zany's, you're already sold out, and you've got a month and a half to get ready. Oh, I my said, okay. gosh. So I worked it up and figured it out, and what I didn't have, I winged it, and we all had a good time. Wow, that's that's fantastic. Now, you, you're performing at something that's kind of near and dear to my heart. I'm, I, I have a Duramax, but I also have a General Lee from the Dukes of Hazard, and you're yes, going to go do an appearance with the Dukes of Hazard cast on October 9th, I guess it's over in Tennessee. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'll be uh, performing at Hazard Fest. And that's uh, October 9th of this year with uh, Catherine Bach and I think Tom Wopat and some of the other folks from Dukes of Hazard. Uh, where can people follow you online? Uh, you can follow me on. Okay, well, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram. Twitter. Basically, if you type in Kristen Tough Scott, you can find me on any social media. And then if you want to know more about what I've got going on, upcoming tour dates or anything like that, you can go to KristenToughScott.com and you can find it all right there. Thank you so much for being on the show. You you have been a delight to, to talk to you, no, Kristen. Thank you for having me, sir. You have a lot of fans at Guatney Chevrolet in uh, Jacksonville. So hopefully you'll get down this way and, uh, and, and meet a bunch of us one of these days. Now, it'd take a lot to, for me to for me to sell Clementine, but I wouldn't be opposed to it. <laughs> well, you can you never know. Thank you so much, Christian Tuffscott. Go look her up on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See you guys next week on Guatney Unplugged. <laughs>